Hello, yes, and you're very welcome to the 12th episode of Higher Fidelity. Now, before we even get to, I know 12 is mad, Ross. That's mental. Here. Yeah. But before we even get to the introductions, because you know who we are, I want to play is this. Now, the last few weeks I've been watching a TV show called Uncle uh, on BBC Three, classic BBC Three, father, man gets paired with another person of opposite behavioural yeah. stuff. It's that Nick comedian fella, isn't Nick it? Nick Helm, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Gets paired with a lad who's like, total op- it's a buddy cop film just without the law enforcement aspect. <laughs> He's a failed musician uh, who like, has a layabout, wears an army jacket all the time. Is basically like a load of the lads that we, like, we've worked with at festivals and techs and things like that. A good egg, just useless. His sister asked him to look after her son for a while. So sort of like an intellectual savant type but like but horrendously socially inept so total yeah. opposite of him is like sort of he's like all fucking cool and suave with loads of, in the cool scene of music things like that this lad's like 13 hasn't clearly talked to people is like OCD, very OCD and things like that and it's just yeah. about the classic scraps that they get into uh, and I was watching an episode it's perfectly by the by it's nothing too serious it's just something to watch that you could ignore but there's an episode called Love Is All Around uh, and in it the young chap called Errol is trying to impress someone at school he's trying to be cool at school trying to establish himself as a cool mover and shaker so Errol is the nephew Errol is the nephew Errol is the socially inept nephew Andy is the uncle I'm up to, I'm up to speed the uncle of uncle the yeah. show <laughs> he's the man from, from uncle, uncle. Uh, and in this episode so Errol's trying to establish himself as a cool dude at school not going too well Twitter is the in thing this came out about 2014 yeah. so <laughs> Twitter is like the thing he goes you yeah. have to get a Twitter you have to start tweeting and then you'll be cool so he sets up a fake account uh, goes under a weird name and starts tweeting lies about the teachers or uh, that's his plan he says, if I start tweeting this mad shit I'll be cool then so classic like, misfit lad in a secondary school thing to do I'll be anonymously cool right yeah. Your man, the Uncle Andy, is like, Errol will be like, you're alter ego, he'll be your Peter Parker, and this Twitter thing will be your Spider-Man, but you're not ready for that, blah, blah, whatever it is. And then this exchange happens, okay? He got zero retweets. Even Ryan Thomas gets a couple of favourites when he posts videos, his mum kept farting. Nobody likes you, what's your point? I'm ready to be Spider-Man. <laughs> no! Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> no! I love how it comes after the line, I'm, I'm ready, ready to be, be Spider-Man. Spider-Man. <laughs> For those who don't know, that's Mystery Man, the first track on our debut album, Snatch Off, which would have been out about four months by the time this was made. My we goodness. Were, at the time, we were hot shit in the industry. We were. And it's obviously like, because he's tweeting me on an anonymous account, yeah. like, if we need a song, and it's a fucking teen song, about nobody knowing who you are, Mystery Man by the Stripes. I can't believe that. And we would have been only a couple of years older than the character in the programme. It's a perfect fit, yeah, narratively. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm genuinely flabbergasted by that now. That's the first, apart from the, um, the the Man United film that we had the songs in years ago as well, Class of 92. Like, and we knew that was going to happen. We were consulted about that yeah. thing. And we were in like The Beat Beneath My Feet, an independent British film from a couple of years ago as well, which nobody saw. We were like all over Made in Chelsea. That's true, that's true. But we were consulted about those things. But this is the first time. I've genuinely randomly stumbled upon in a real TV program. I have never come across us organically in the wild before. No, it? no, no. And it's either been like, yeah, we, we were told, oh, that song's going to be in that thing, and then we never watched the thing. Oh well, actually, uh, one thing we didn't know about, and I was watching the telly, we were on the ad for Arrow. What? <laughs> yeah, Rolling and Tumbling was the ad for Arrow, the what? big DC American <laughs> big budget series. I yeah. had no idea about that. I can't believe how fucking famous we are. <laughs> no, that's totally news to me that we've been we're a part of the fucking DC yeah EUS uh, yeah, yeah. Stripes, the stripes exist in the DC universe <laughs> that's really depressing <laughs> that's incredible now, and I remember I came in to you the next day and said lads I have something I told you about this last mm. week I, was like, I have something to show you but I, can't, I have that to that was the thing I have to wait till the podcast uh... to show you this yeah 
Wasn't it worth it? That was really that worth, was worth it. it. That's yeah. fucking mad. So <laughs> fitting about the Spider-Man line. I that's that's what really I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. I brought up the fact he goes, "I'm ready to be Spider-Man," and then plays a song that I played on, and I've been saying, "I'm ready to be Spider-Man." My entire life. Okay, so I, when I was listening back to the episodes, I was listening back to the episodes. By the way, I need I need to get the number of it. Which which is the Gwen Stacy title? That's the fourth one, I think. Gwen Stacy and the Impossible film. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was skipping through that to make sure my Sonic Seconds wasn't picked before. All right. And every time I pressed the fifteen seconds next button, Spider Man was sent. <laughs> every time. That was a, a Spidey heavy episode. Yeah. But yeah. that's that's only because the episode before the Spider Man three thing got like the biggest response ever. Like we got a little message from people saying, yeah. That's, Fucked up by Spider-Man 3 right? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should Maybe make this A Spider-Man podcast Exactly yeah But yeah that was That was a fun moment That happened That program was shown On Dave Yeah And I watch Dave All the time <laughs> How weird is that It's meant But where's our uncle money Where is the fucking PRS CBC 3 not pay Licensing fees no It definitely came in And it was definitely 75 cent Moving on from that We've had a very very busy week In uh, Zen Arcade Land In Cro-Magnon Anyone who's listened to this You may have noticed it over the last few months Obviously we couldn't release Cro-Magnon issues normally Like we do to our normal distributors In Dublin I say distributors I leave a blue box at the front of these shops recipients one of which agreed initially and then i can tell every time i walk in that she goes oh this fucking prick's here again <laughs> i refuse to take this the silent hint of can you not come in and bring this again like she keeps yeah. putting the box further in like behind things because i just thought it looked nice in there totally out of sight yeah but you can put the box out of sight i'm never out of mind like until you tell me to fuck off i'm gonna keep doing this i'm gonna walk in here with a rain man type fucking uh can't think of the word uh, <laughs> autism Oblivious <laughs> You're just uh, oblivious you're, yeah. gonna, you're willfully oblivious Absolutely But anyway so we, have, we haven't been able to deliver to them uh, The last few months So I started doing Cro-Magnoris You two are aware Cro-Magnoris where I just read it In the style of Jack and Ori It basically went from I sat in front of the fire and read it Jumped to the third episode Where it became A full on sketch show <laughs> Where we were like news readers It went from being stuff. the original Jack and Ori To being the 2000s CBBC reboot of Jack and Ori With all the fucking acting and shit in it That and our Cro-Magnon thing are all better left forgotten. <laughs> but then as I said, that, that wasn't going to continue because it was very time consuming. Uh, and also we were able to like move outside the cabin again. So I said, great, we can deliver the issues again. Oh wait, all the places that I had issues going to were like independent businesses that have either shut up shop or is illegal for them to open. So we tried to think of a different way that we could deliver the issues. And then I thought, oh, we'll do like, you know, promotion of the digital age. We'll use antiquated methods that didn't even work back then and get a sandwich board like the religious zealots used to do. Uh, Jesus is coming, look busy, all that sort of shit. But said, just put Cro-Magnon on the front, the issue number, and a little box, and then the zine is nigh on the back. Took a while, took a few man hours. We got way out in the shed, spray paint and all this sort of stuff, bought supplies. Did it, was did, fine, it was some fine, but fine bit of craftsmanship. Did a lot of work on it. Me and you then trekked up to Dublin on mm-hmm. Tuesday, the, the 3rd of July, I believe it was, in high spirits and the lashings of rain. Mm. Parked in the Christchurch car park and sat for about half an hour going, we just wait for the rain to ease off. As, ba- as band names being used to describe days go, it was wet, 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 wet. wet. Or the Irish tribute band, Fluck, Fluck, Fluck. But we sat in the car waiting for the rain to pass on a bit. And I said, right, it's not, it's not passing on. And I said, right, might as well just go for it. Yeah. Went out, issues in the little mushroom box stuck to the side of the sandwich board. I donned it. Evan and myself walked from Christchurch all the way to O'Connell Street, stopping at Landmarks along the way, the GPO, Trinity, College Green, uh, Spire, fucking somewhere else that's famous. Um, the Big Five. The, the Olympia Theatre and the government building opposite it, whatever the fuck that's called again. In the Lashings of Rain, all we got 
was sideways glances. A few sideways glances, one backwards glance from a guy who went... I felt like, yeah, who, the most visible reading I've ever seen anybody ever do of anything in my life. He really, like, mouthed it heavily. So he was he was into it. He was into it, but didn't pick up. And this is the thing that I, I thought somewhere in a big sign in public, people are... Like, remember you were saying, if someone sees you wearing, a, like, a five and a half foot sign, they're going to come up and wonder what the fuck's going on. Yeah, they're bright blue. And... No one wondered what the fuck was going on. No, they all did. Everybody wondered. There was a lot of wondering. But there was no wandering near me. Yeah, yeah. One person, as we walked by, said... What and I just sort of hand him an issue and said, "Oh, it's a little thing we do. We hand him." And he goes, "Oh, okay." Put it in his pocket. The issues were absolutely mulched. I did. We did a run of eighty. Handed it one, <laughs> and the rest succumbed to the rain. <laughs> An absolute failure. A tragic, tragic, undeniable waste <laughs> of my time. But I was there to document the whole thing. I was there to document the whole thing. And then afterwards, then we said, "Right, okay." Li- licking our wounds and smacking our lips, we were hungry. We went to Burdocks, got some chips. I got a bag of scraps. And we sat in the car and watched the Westlife documentary. We did, the Westlife story. As we ate, as the car steamed up with our body sweat. Yeah. Ooh, that sounded like we were <laughs> a, uh, Titanic hand on the fucking window. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I did, that, that was the thing, again, the dichotomy of that, like, as I said, the issue had, like, a fecal indictment of, like, Mark Commode's review techniques. Mm. And we were handing them out from our sandwich board in the middle of Dublin, really brazenly. Mm. And then went from that... To watching Ireland's prime pop exports in a car <laughs> on a daily basis I mean you treacherously toe the line between indie cool boys yeah. and culty bollocks <laughs> it's so lethal and it goes it goes from one extreme to the fucking other thank god we're so ironic in everything we do it gives us this cool are uh, we? facade are we <laughs> well thank god we come across hopefully <laughs> as doing things ironically Oh. Such as watching Westlife do um, the most ill-considered four-song medley in the history of the entire world. Rhyme it off there. It opened with help. See directly into... Uh, I'll be there for you. Oh yes, the fucking Friends theme. That's what it was. It's fucking the Friends logo. Friends it's called, theme. I'll, I'll be, be there, there for, for you. you by the Rembrandts. The Rembrandts. Which fucking yielded Wake Me Before You Go-Go. That turned into that's the way uh-huh uh-huh oh, i like it. it one of the first songs i was ever heard to sing in my early life there's video evidence of me in about 1997 eight singing that song <laughs> i think every child sings that song at some yeah. point but do they all have headphones on like i did and pretended they were listening to that song that's the way dissolves into uh oh yeah dissolves into fucking the blues brothers version of everybody needs somebody to love <sighs> and we close out on a jake and elwood style freak out Jesus. tragic but yeah but when you say about our irony that's mm. inbuilt or like that we do we have this like facade of things we do but wh- what is the real us handing out our fuck off cool zine that's making fun of everything and everybody and even ourselves or watching Coast to Coast Westlife documentary <laughs> watching Keen Egan walk around his room pointing a Tweety Bird that he got sent from his fans I'm <laughs> playing a bit of metal guitar yeah, both of which I enjoyed immensely who am I mm. what are we so that was a failure. But we'll do it again next month. The last two Fridays we've spent recording out in Damien's studio. Deep end. Damien Brennan. Brennan. We recorded a track with him months and months ago, which has been in the pipeline for release for too long. We're one of those bands who are like, it's coming soon. Mm. It's coming soon. It's you better be ready. It's coming soon, baby. And it never, it never comes soon. It's clogging up the pipeline, but there's some water pressure building up behind it that's about to dislodge it. Yeah. Send it bursting forth into your lives soon. But since then, we've, we've got sort of like knuckled down, but we're getting on with the album. The album is basically underway. When I say basically, I mean literally. So the last two Fridays we've gone out and Damien's approach was initially was like, I like the approach of recording the track and then finishing the track. <laughs> Damien's approach is let's record half the track move on to the next one 
record half of that. So basically, we've been doing the live rhythm section takes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we've been going in each Friday now, and have been doing three, four backing tracks a day. Mm. The lion's share of a theoretical album has been laid down. Damien is a bit of a archivist of mental gear. Yeah, for the listeners at home, this man has built his studio in a mysterious location in Calvin, uh, filled with yeah some absolutely priceless gear that has been acquired on like. It's like the gear share and auctioneering buy-in equivalent of like the fucking dark web. No, it, no, it is just a dark yeah, web. Yeah, I don't know definitely. how I don't know how these people know. <laughs> I don't know how these men know these things are coming up for sale. I don't know how you even tap into that fucking vast network of lads who just have C19s and U47s and uh, big box schlibadoos, whatever the fuck they're called. C3PO's and stuff, yeah. R2D2s, RTF1s, uh, curtains, uh, which are <laughs> mic that uh, Paul Weller used to record. The Beatles and um, <laughs> he famously has the U forty seven telephone and mic that John Lennon used for all you need is love for the live broadcast. Genuinely, uh, which we've now used as well, tarnishing it uh, with our slimy rock and roll. The desk, the the mixing desk that Radiohead's Pablo Honey was recorded on. Yeah, you you, you don't like that album, so I don't know why you. But that's it the up. one that just everybody's going to be impressed by, or yeah, the, fair. The, the the thing that I would be impressed by. Sorry, no, I do like you. You told me to listen to Pablo Honey. I did, and it was yeah, good. you did. Fair to be okay. Yeah, to no, be I fair, did yeah. really enjoy it. I just haven't mentioned it much since then. But there's <laughs> several tracks. I brought on it up, but I love it. Yeah, several tracks on it I really <laughs> enjoyed. If someone told me I was literally like wearing one of Radiohead's trousers, I actually wouldn't. I'm, I'm just not going to be that impressed. You know. <laughs> what I mean in the sense of like did you realise that so and so did this yeah. even though the, I'd say Radiohead that's going to impress the majority of people that you will meet Up the Junction was done on this Up desk Up the Junction Gino. by Squeeze yeah Gino by Dexy's Midnight Runners that's going to make me wet yeah None Such by XTC was done it produced by Gus Dudgeon which did make me calm blood when I heard <laughs> the, the fact that then she appeared is recorded on that which is a track I absolutely adore is, is fantastic to me Kajigugu Too Shy I'll leave it at that <laughs> and we will leave it at that I'm speaking to you, dear listeners now, of whom I probably actually know... Personally. ...their names, yeah. My identity throughout the life of this podcast so far has been that of a tired, employed man. Mm. I'm speaking to you now as an exhausted, unemployed man. (laughs) I have left my job in Duns. I have vacated the premises. Elvis has clocked out. (laughs) And in doing so, I obviously was obligated to attend a going away do. My rank as attendee of my own going away party was elevated quickly to organiser of the party, which I didn't mind. It was absolutely fine. Uh, and then obviously the very logical connection was made to the fact that, oh, Peter's a musician. There's some other musicians in Duns. There's a guitar player and a drummer. Let's get them to play at the party. So as I went from, I was demoted repeatedly. I was demoted squared yeah. from attendee with no onus to have to actually do anything and be responsible for anything to organiser as in had to go and spend time and an invite list it. which I didn't mind at all uh, organising it with uh, Ryan Smith who's been working with me he was hosting it which was great uh, and then demoted even further to the entertainment at my own party which was fine it was mm. grand uh, we worked up a bit of a set list organised with a drummer I, I came up here got a few bits of, got a skeleton of a drum kit from you Yeah. brought a few albums a bit of a PA he had two marquees in his back garden holy gee two marquees two marquees one marquee for the band one marquee for the audience just to keep us separate because like when audiences and bands mix it's explosive especially when I'm on stage uh, I know yeah that's a lawnmower will that be heard it'll be heard it'll be fine that's my dad mowing the lawn Poppy Evan (laughs) Pop Pop Papa Walsh as he's never ever been referred to ever and never will be ever again (laughs) least of all by me I call him Niall (laughs) (laughs) the set list included uh, Boys Are Back In Town 
Dancing in the Moonlight, Does Your Mother Know. Which yeah. Dancing in the Moonlight this is really important. The, the Tin Lizzy's one, not the one by another band who released a song by the same title. That's incredibly famous. A bit like me releasing a song called, lads, we've got this new track. It's called Billy Jean's Day in the Life with Sergeant Pepper. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but then imagine that song got bigger than all those other songs. It's not Dancing in the Moonlight by, what's the band? I don't know. Yeah, they're not bigger than Dancing in <laughs> the Moonlight by Tin Lizzy. I'm telling you. Dancing in the Moonlight by Tin Lizzy is the definitive Dancing in the Moonlight. Just because that song came out in the last 10 years does not mean it's any bigger Look, than I'm Dancing not saying, in the Moonlight. I'm not saying I like it better or anything. I'm just saying it is pretty big. It is not bigger than Dancing in the Moonlight. <laughs> it is Dancing in the Moonlight. <laughs> Look me in the balls and say that. It's Stop bigger. looking at my balls. <laughs> it's not bigger. It's got decades. On it. Dancing in the Moonlight has established itself as one of, and I don't even, I don't even why I give a fuck, I don't like the song, either of them. Ah, it's a bit, a bit of a tune to be fair. Ah, it's not a bit of a tune to be fair. <laughs> ah, a bit of a sax tilt, a bit of a sax tune. I don't like it, but again, it was all part of the set list, what else was on it? Uh, does your mother know? Which does your mother know now? Oh, Abba's. Okay. Oh, we did, oh yeah, we did It's Along With The Top if you want to rock and roll. Of course. Changed it to be about done stores, where it was It's Along With The Shop if you want a chicken roll. Yeah. You want to work with stupid customers, then go get a job in done stores, because it's a long way to the shop if you want a chicken roll. What was the other, what was the other verses that I rearranged fantastically was, uh, uh, you like working late and having a laugh, you'll get along with the done store staff. That got a cheer. Although it was a lie. It was always a lie. <laughs> uh, and then people started asking for requests, and which ranged from very creatively from uh, Bohemian Rhapsody to stuff like We Will Rock You. Uh, your standard party fair. We had no. Oh, the drummer didn't show. First of all, so played for an hour and a half, just guitar and bass, which was fine with me. Colin, my second in command, was very competent on the guitar. We got everyone in the tent to do Don't Look Back in Anger. Did a bit of a harmonica jam. One of the the, as the drummer didn't show up. Like a fool. <laughs> One of the lads, aunties, was an old trad drummer. So she got up and we did a bit of a bluesy jam. That was all fine. And then it just got silly. Where we just started doing like Footloose and as I said, We Will Rock You. We did 500 Miles with the Proclaimers. Literally any song that you don't like that you hear all the time, we performed. I like 500 Miles though. It's no uh, Roll Away the Oar. What's another <laughs> Proclaimers track? I think it's called that. I don't know. <laughs> a woman came up and said, I've got two recommendations for you. And, you know, they'll they'll absolutely love it here. Here being in the back garden of this house in Red Hills, where there was either 19 to 21 year olds or 40 to 50 year olds. Mm. I've got two tracks I want, I want you to play. Either one of them will go down so well. Can you play Eaton Rifles by The Jam or Avicii Levels? <laughs> Eaton Rifles, though. No, no one there was going to care if Eaton Rifles was played. I said, I'll give you a town called Malice and that'll be that. That's yeah. the midway point between those two songs. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was it was a lot of fun though. Lots of sausages cooked and eaten. Rifles. Yeah, 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 nice. Yeah. And a very pleasant way to end my career in Dunn Stores. It's been weird being unemployed. I now know what it feels like to be a drain. My career in Dunn's is over. Uh, the gestation period of which rivaled that of a baby being born nine months. And I feel like I did grow a child in me and give birth to it. <laughs> in the form of being put under a massive strain many hours a day exclusively for nine months and then just stopping I've taken no responsibility for the child though I have <laughs> given the child up and I'm just back to the way I was exactly before the nine months left it at a fire station somewhere why a fire station? I don't know it's always the way why did they assume there was like some sort of fatherly responsibility that would overcome a fireman if he sees a stranded baby? I would assume like a courthouse because they could just immediately process it through like human resources <laughs> police station they don't want the baby arrested. <laughs> Turn the baby in. Yeah, baby, baby, done for loitering. Yeah, yeah. Girls go. We told you to get out of here, baby. Oh, defecating on the on the property. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's night in the neck for you. You're doing some fucking yeah. porridge. Oh, it's a baby. We we'll get some ready break. <laughs> Bang to rights. Uh, or you could do the church. Like, isn't the hunchback of Notre Dame? That that's how that starts. No, he's just really ugly. 
Oh yeah, yeah. sorry, sorry, sorry. So yeah, we've been recording, I left Duns, I'm unemployed, and my life has resumed having no path. <laughs> the last two days, me and my dad gutted the sheds uh, in preparation for a music video that we shot. Uh, shat? <laughs> we shot out over a day and night we had this idea for a music video we needed a sort of blank like every band has done since the invention of film and bands we've needed a blank wall <laughs> an empty room every band has gone let's get like an empty room just like be in the space yeah I didn't think it was going to be a monumental undertaking it was. Yeah. It really was, yeah. We So we went from like the initial video idea that we had, which will become clear once we, we actually put it out. But then we're speaking with someone we were, we were kind of working with and they advised us to do, because the YouTube algorithm uh, favours multiple uploads of the same song to different videos, which I don't understand. They love splitting the viewership. Surely you're diluting the views, mm. but YouTube is what it is. We were advised to do like a lyric video and a visualiser. Lyric video concept I was familiar with, visualiser concept. We've done visualisers before in the previous band, The Stripes, and I still don't know what they're supposed to do because it didn't do anything it did jack shit but basically a visualizer supposedly is like a sort of moving little graphic or basically a thingy we said right okay well, we could probably easily do once we knocked get a visualizer lyric video came out very very well quite happy with that but that we did that on the first we had a two-day thing which we've never done a two-day video shoot before no sort of highlights the inefficiency at which we can work because we did uh, go back, back to a stripes day this, the day we often bring up to highlight the mental work rate that we did actually do we flew in from Brazil in the morning, went straight to a film studio near London. Near London, uh, recorded a music video there for Get Into It. Creepy music video. A horrible creepy music video. That later went unreleased. Finished the last shot and were bundled into a tour bus and drove to France. We were in three countries in the one day. Yeah, straight into doing a festival in France. Yeah, We FM actually, yeah, mm. we met Gaz Coombs. But yeah, the video then, for all, after all that, the video was not released. For reasons that will become clear in one of our books. <laughs> Maybe a whole panorama special of the podcast. But we can't talk about it for at least another 15 years. Well, we can't talk about it until the rights of it revert back to us. Yeah. yeah. But we'll leave everybody with it was nothing to do with us. We have absolutely <laughs> no hand in it. We were just doing, we were following orders, we were doing as we were told. <laughs> but that's what that's what the fucking war criminals in, in fucking People Auschwitz say, said. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was just but, doing what I was told to do. You still did it. Yeah. But anyway, so again, it's a two day shoot. First day we did the visualizer and sort of test shots and did the lyric video. And then the next day I said, right, we're going to hit the ground running at three o'clock in, in the, the day. Afternoon. <laughs> and start the video we it was an, ended up being an 11 hour shoot that we didn't even get everything done in but it was it was great it was just I had assembled a shot list that I thought was relatively modest uh, and showed it to you and the round of oh wow made, made, made me realise oh fuck they've actually put a lot in the here fact that the fact that the font was so small and also you had to scroll yeah okay that's yeah okay, yeah, okay. <laughs> someone who used to do our videos was a chap called Finn Keenan who was a, a great a great amazing filmmaker and we've known her entire life he used to babysit Evan and he probably probably wiped her bum once or twice yeah yeah but when I was about yeah oh, it must have been about 10 <laughs> We've all been there. He used to do our videos and we'd be given a budget by Universal, we'd be given a crew of sometimes 20 people, we'd be given like unlimited access to, like he's one video he said, I want a room that I can move and spin around at different angles and it was made from, there's so many variables involved in the shoot stuff that he did that we sort of took for granted. Having done this, executed this very simple idea for a video and compiled mm. a basic shot list, it was just the four of us, there was no delegation of roles, no, we, had, we had to do everything ourselves. Even with that, it was an absolute nightmare <laughs> trying to get it done. So I have such retroactive of pity now for the workload that Finn was given yeah. and again I'm 24 now he would have been 24-25 at the time doing those videos high end with loads of people relying on him high stakes money being put into it he only had the time to do the video until the money fucking ran out things like that like we had, yeah. if I said to us we need to do another day 
it wouldn't have mattered. It was. We said we got it done anyway. The video was is, is relatively done, and it'll be coming out soon. And uh, yeah, plans now for a release. We'll get into that in another episode later on. We're going to talk about the actual fucking release we're going to do. But uh, safe to say, it is a uh, chunky. I think that's it for the updates. Anything else? Nothing happened this morning, so I don't really think so. No. Okay, we did literally did, yeah, 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 we're, we're, that's taken us right up to today. We did the two videos. We did Wednesday and Thursday. We're shooting the videos straight into the studio on Friday then. And then today, we just come here now to do the podcast. Yeah. So. Busy few days. Yeah, absolutely. How many minutes are we into this? 35. Intro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Peter. I'm Ross. I'm Evan. We are the band. Zen Arcade and our first segment this week let me check my notes eh, oh great we're, we're kind of fucked with the format this week and we're starting with yours mine and archives Whee! you gleeked there I did gleek I'm a gleeker songs we Yes, this is yours, mine, and archive, where we just bring up an old song from the archive. The track we're going to play now is called Big Squeeze. This was a track that you had a backing track for. Yeah, we're going to get to that in a second. Stop pointing. <laughs> uh, don't give it away. <laughs> uh, so Evan had a backing track for this song, sent it over to me, uh, and I put lyrics to it. This is like 2015, 16 time. Well, we were young, man. We didn't know what we were doing. We didn't know jack shit about shit. Yeah, it was... Uh... <laughs> It was a very innocent time in its... Uh, but this was leading into the third album. Yeah, it was, very, it was a very innocent time in the fucking crippling pressure we were under to deliver <laughs> our, the third fucking album of our career. Yeah. But this is... Yeah, this, this, I'm going to play it here and then we'll talk about it afterwards because yeah. there were a few things I wanted to say about this track. But this is the... This is it getting its like radio-vised... Premiere. What's the, this is the hottest record. Hottest track in the world right now. Hottest record in the track right now. What's a what is the radio version of the word televised? Radiovised, broadcast. Yeah, but broadcast on television too. Yeah, I know. Well, radio transmitted, transmitted, but doesn't have radio in the word. Doesn't matter. This is big squeeze. Sitting back, hands on the lease. The iron fire, the young fed and healthy, and I'll send them to the police. 
big squeeze Don't mess with the big squeeze Call in the big squeeze Yeah, it's the big squeeze Recruiting rising, recruiting bills In tiny Side of smokes from the hillside view If you point the finger, no one points at you Oh no Circles in a T.O. bath It's the house of corruption We'll make it look like he couldn't swim Was the only vague instruction Wearing only his socks and his dial With a haunting with his grin You can tell from the blood and the hair And the plug hole that someone did him in It's the big squeeze We're calling the big squeeze don't mess with the big squeeze. The big squeeze. Back end is for the big squeeze. Bought and sold by the big squeeze. Back end is for the big squeeze. Bought and sold by the big squeeze. No, so that was the big squeeze. Busy, but it's full. Yeah. Evan had that backing track. Yes. He sent it over to me and or played it to me, and then said like, "Oh, what do you think? Could you put lyrics to that?" Yeah, this was during a time where we were uh, impersonating on a daily basis, Chris Different and Glenn Tilbrook. <laughs> What's so funny about this was that I, did, yeah, like you did the lyrics, I did the music. It's modelled on the style of early Squeeze album one, album two era, and named after a box set of Squeeze songs yeah, that we had on the shelf in the house. Well, so basically, my thought process was I heard this and was like, I get the picture of like men in hats with lump hammers <laughs> and like lengths of chain, and it, so it was like, oh, it could be like a cool gangster thing, but not gangster in the New York mafia type Italian American thing. I was thinking like. Like Cray Twins and yeah. the Imperial in town. <laughs> That's what I thought. Minder. Of. Yeah, or even Minder things that like a wholly English. Like I, I genuinely thought, were this to reach the ears of Shane Ritchie, it could make it into like a snatch, like <laughs> rock, rock and roller type, lock, stock and two smoke. Guy Ritchie, you mean? Shane, Shane Ritchie's Ritchie. that lad, <laughs> that, that fucking singer, dancer, triple threat. TV oh yeah, presenter he's a director now. I meant Guy Ritchie. Yeah. <laughs> I, I could imagine Jason Statham pulling someone's like teeth out. <laughs> Music to pull teeth out too. But it even it even has quite similar. I mean, even writing about gangsters was kind of early squeeze influence. Oh, totally. You know what I mean? Like the knack and th- songs like that. We had it on the brain at that fucking point. I, I don't think the lyrics were bad. No, like, a few of the lines are a bit reaching in terms of like hitting the meter and things like that. But like hire and fire the young, fit and healthy, auction them to the police. I was like, that's a fucking nice yeah. little line there. The song it, it's hell bent on creating the most vivid imagery it can muster up. Yeah, I have to say though, like a private detective overcoat. 
foot in dirty dead man's shoes. <laughs> Which, like again, to... when you hear that line, this is such a, this is a testament to Costello's power. What an evocative, what an evocative lyric it is. You immediately get an image of when you hear that line. What do you what do you see? I see a private detective overcoat and dirty them out shoes. shoes. Yeah. It's mental. How he's managed to just universally tap into the corneal receptors in our, in our fucking heads to make us think that it's mental. Yeah. Anyway, what were you going to say? I was going to say, I think it's crazy how the solo is being played over the very busy riff that's going through the whole song. It's really hard to just distinguish what the solo actually is. Oh, it's it? The riff? Did you say going? The complete riff of the song is going through the solo. It is. Who thought of that? So you have a you have a structural complaint. The riff is the song, man. What can I say? <laughs> maybe it just maybe the bass should just play it on its own. I don't know if the guitar does play it. But I mean, yeah, when we do it again, we'll yeah, we'll know we'll know for again. It's safe to say, like it shouldn't have been done. Like I'm glad the track exists, but like I'm glad it's not, it wasn't like released. It, it was a stepping stone. So yeah, so like for the listeners at home again, like that isn't a sneak peek of the Zen Arcade debut. Absolutely album. <laughs> not. That, that's a, a sneak peek of what should never have been. Yeah. In a parallel universe, that became a thing. It was a learning curve at the time. I quite liked this and thought, oh, this is like really dark and man. This is what like what a seventeen and oh, I was twenty at the time. <laughs> <laughs> this is what twenty year old thinks is men. Well, you probably were nineteen for some of the time. Right, it's still pretty bad, Evan. Yeah. But thought like, oh, this is like, cool and man. This is establishes as like hard men but I remember thinking like this track is cool this is like a cool song right yeah and then played it to your dad Niall and Niall said ah, I just don't think people will get the joke <laughs> right like joke I don't get the joke it's not a joke and that immediately just killed the song in front of me the fact that Niall was going I can see you're trying to be funny here it's just not funny I was going I wasn't trying to be funny and it's not funny that's even, that's even a bigger failure <laughs> you can't even go like if he says oh I don't get the joke you can't be ha <laughs> ha yeah, that's right. Joke. Everybody laugh at the funny joke. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know, like, the time lapse of, like, a flower, like, growing and then wilting really quickly? Mm. That's basically what happened with that song in front of me. As soon as Niall said, I don't think people will get <laughs> the joke. <laughs> I immediately went, this song has just been stricken from any future discography. Uh, we tried. Uh, we can remember us looking through a list multiple times of gangster films from the 50s trying to figure out a name. But I remember one of them was, like, the Red Chip Chalupa and things, things like that. Like we were trying to find a decent enough title for it. And then said, should we just call us a squeeze box set? Like we could have just easily called it Birth of the Beatles or Oliver Twist. You have three copies of Oliver Twist. They're Evan. all different film versions. They're all different adaptations. <laughs> I see Oliver Twist and Oliver and then Oliver Twist. One of them is directed by Roman Polanski, but sure, we'll fucking not go into oh, that. Man. Yeah, I'm just looking at Evan's DVDs. We could have called it The Wizard of Oz. You, you know, could have been, could have been anything. Could have been called Killing a Scully. Citizen Kane. Get Smart. Four Oz ones. Yep. You're a mad cow disease for the different versions of Wizard of Oz. Wait, no, I'm I'm wrong. Six. Oh, not all of the same uh, story, though. Of course not, Evan. That'd be yeah, that'd be crazy. <laughs> if it's a book that's been made into lots of films over the years, um, you can be fairly confident I'm going to be interested in collecting all those film versions on DVDs. Mm. I'm actually wrong again. There's nine. Brilliant. I think well, is that enough for Big Squeeze, Ross? Do you remember even recording it? I do remember recording it. I seem I seem to have a memory of there being another version, a, a worse version. <laughs> <laughs> the lyrics were, were um, weren't as good on the what? first version. A lot of lyrics were changed because you went, wait a second, I hate it. <laughs> and went, let me rewrite this. That's a whole other fucking layer of the story that we forgot. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember, remember the I remember all the verses changing and melodies changing and everything. Good God. That song went through multiple phases before never actually even being <laughs> born. And there's still so many ideas in that song. <laughs> it is ambitious. Who'd have thought overflowing with ideas would be a bad thing? You, you, yeah, you say the overflowing with ideas. Oh, they're all Glenn Tilbrook's ideas. Yeah, and they're all bad as well. Yeah. <laughs> that was a little glimpse into the sad past of our creative failures from the Stripes era. That was yours, mine and archive. Never to see the light of day again. Oh, yeah. 
Hush, next. Hush. Now, Evan, bring us into... Uh, uh, is there a quote? Quote Big Squeeze. Picture the scene in old sedan. The leather reeks of sulfur. This is Sonic Seconds. Yes, this is Sonic Seconds where we play two or three seconds from a song or a video clip. I mention that because it's going to be pertinent now in a second that we think just makes the track <laughs> slash video. Who wants to go first? Slash clip from Spider-Man 3. Well, not not today, not but today. can I go last? Cause I, yeah, I mean, this this will be your third time breaking the rules for this segment alone. I invented the segment. I can break everyone. I'm like the guardie abusing the drinking and driving rule. Did you invent the segment though? I did invent the segment. I invented the entire concept of this podcast. Solely contained in the universe of this podcast, I fucking invented Sonic Seconds and I can do what I want with it. Shoot from the hip, Ross. Your new hip. Well, fucking guess what? It's Fenton's a win. Great. Which is actually the second time they've appeared. Great. This comes from a song called California Sex Lawyer. I introduced you to this. Go on. Pete, go. Fuck a fucking badger. Like, no. Seriously. They've got TB. <laughs> <laughs> Brian May would be thick were I to copulate a badger. Brian May would be so, he'd be so thick he would fall over, break his arse bone, and then have a heart attack, which literally what happened to Brian May in the last couple of weeks. Great. Would he rather the badger be cold or fucked? Because he doesn't want, he doesn't want the badger to be cold. It's like, Brian, okay, they're getting fucked or they're getting killed. <laughs> they're getting fucked or they're getting fucked. What would you rather? Two different flavors of fucked. <laughs> Do you know badgers actually die after they mate? The one well, you The one did, I fucked though. did. Right. Anyway. <laughs> Moving on. Okay, so um, Ev often says that he doesn't listen to the lyrics of a song. and um, Ross, I keep trying to tell you, nobody listens to the singing when they listen to music. And I only listen to the lyrics, so yeah. all my song seconds are lyric-based. It's called listening to music, Ross, not listening to people talking and singing. That's what people are doing with this. I know, yeah. Is listening to people talk and oh, sing. This has hell. nothing to do with music. Here it is. I'm gonna do something I'm going for that one because I thought it was I've got a German Shepherd and his name is Doug. I thought you were going to go for that one. I was, but then I thought the aggression mixed with the softness of I'm going to bed. <laughs> I thought um, was a better fit. Yeah, it's a very jarring Sonic Second. It's like it's not a nice noise to listen to. No, it's not. You can see why it was put on the B-side. rip headphone users. <laughs> rip my left ear. <laughs> you can see why they put it on the Rarities album. Yeah, the biggest sin on that whole out of state plate is the fact that say it with me. Girl, I can't forget is on it. You didn't say it with me. I didn't say it with you because you didn't give me enough time. But I do agree with you. Um, the fact that that wasn't put on an album, the fact that it wasn't a single, is silly. The fact that Maureen was the single for Out of State Plates and Girl I Can't Forget wasn't. The fact that Girl I Can't Forget is like track fifteen on it when it should be the opener twice. It's crazy. Ev, you? Oh yeah, about the Girl I Can't Forget. Oh, your song seconds, great. <laughs> Brilliant. My song second comes from uh, Madness, and they're only numero one. Are you fucking serious? Yeah, fucking. Mr. Madness fan on my right here. All you talk about is madness. Condom wrappers on my knob. I am going back to school. That's what madness sounds like. Yeah. All they talk about. That, well, this is this is the song that is about putting a condom on your knob. <gasps> House of Fun. <gasps> House of Fun. So House of Fun is about buying condoms. House of Fun, the only yeah. number one. That's how, that's how you remember. If they were to release a clothing line, they could call it Blouse of Fun. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. If they were from Liverpool, they could call it Scouse of Fun. Yeah. Uh, if they were to start being a bakery, House of Bun. Convent, House of Nuns. 
that. That's very good. And the other three weren't. They were totally off the fucking <laughs> dome. You sycophant. Nuns are the funniest thing. Everyone well, it's just that. it. But you know, it, it's it's House it's, of Nun is a, is just a convent. <laughs> that's what he said. A convent. House of Nuns. Yeah. Grand. And, and that's what it is. It's so simple. So funny. So House of Fun. I am going to put forward. I have to go to a water park. Douse of fun. <laughs> Now one of those one of those combs that you know louse of fun no uh, a whorehouse house of cum <laughs> oh Jesus Christ so yeah house of fun I'm gonna put forward as uh, sorry an open mic night comedy cellar house of pun hushed uh, a house talks about the beginning of the week house of Monday house uh, of Monday Monday a weapon distributor house of guns everywhere in America house of guns <laughs> uh, somewhere where a marathon runner lives house of run. Uh, where a rap group lives House of Run DMC Yeah Very good Where the like parody group Run DMC live That do comedy versions Of their songs House of Pun DMC <laughs> uh, The porn version Of Run DMC House of Cum DMC We've got We've moved too far <laughs> <laughs> We've strayed too far From God's light uh, Yes Oh the singer from A House Where he lives Dave Cows of Fun <laughs> <laughs> I'm with that Yeah so House of Fun I am going to put forward as uh, one of the most geniusly, brilliantly well-constructed, well-produced, well-composed singles of all time ever. That's some hill to die on. Yeah, I think so. With most of Madden stuff, the stuff is so musically... So I'm not laughing at you. I'm just a big shitty <laughs> grin in your face about <laughs> no, no, I was listening to you, but it was also in my head going, Dave Kaus of fun. <laughs> right. I'm sorry. I wasn't going like, Evan's talking such no, shit. No, 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 no. But, um, it's so horrible to be accused of having a shitty grin <laughs> on your face. <laughs> I just, I just thought it'd be funny. Yeah, no, it's, it's a good phrase. I like it. A lot of the madness stuff, considering that they have risen to be in the upper echelons of pop bands in the UK, that everyone's like, oh yeah, everyone knows these sing-along, parody classic, fucking hit singles. They're all so musically complex. None of the chord structures are in any way normal, in any way. They don't fit into any pre-established uh, sort of musical thing. Even though the th- musical elements they draw from, they manage to make it into this really weird blend of their own thing. As I just, so I just so succinctly and clearly articulated what I was talking about there. I thought it was good. Um, you kept the pace. I did. Even, like, I, I didn't stop talking at any point until I was finished <laughs> the point. Genuinely, so th- they're one of the most like musically unique bands ever. And Mike Barson, the keyboard player, who had a lot of hand in the arranging and everything else of all the song, I think he's a bona fide musical genius. And so this bit centers on a little piano piece that he contributes to the track. In the middle eight, uh, those familiar with the song will know that there's a big fairgroundy style do 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 kind of uh, solo, which then resolves into this bridge, been bouncy musical injury ska type stuff. Until this point, it switches into this kind of really sinister sounding bridge. There's going to be a little piano bit after the line. I'm sorry, son, but we don't stop. I'm sorry, son, but we don't stop. Really nice. I'd never ever heard. If you said to me what comes after that line, I would go nothing. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't think that anything was in that space. Uh, yeah, another potential sonic second I would have done is at the end of that where it goes like you know try the house of fun. It's quicker if you run. This is a chemist, not, not a, a joke, joke shop. shop. I think that's really cool. And uh, the interesting thing about that track as well is that it was recorded without the chorus in it, and then they wrote the chorus and had to edit the chorus into the songs after. And for listeners at home, that's something that Evan says, if not every hour on the hour, definitely every day. Yeah, you know, that's quite interesting. It's mad that they did that. Even the fact that like Teenage Kicks is a palindrome. It's it's a cook gonna need but the actual song itself is a palindrome once it reaches the midpoint it goes back again hello now alright we heard you lawn, mowing the lawn earlier on mowing the lawn <laughs> but, 
Thank you. <laughs> My Sonic Second isn't even as credible as either of those two songs that are bad. Excuse me? This is the first time a Sonic Second features any of us. What? Oh, no. But for all the wrong reasons. Is it from a fucking Dull Adventures, is it? No, it's not from a Dull oh, Adventures. This was filmed and put up online. This should have been edited out of whatever they were putting up, but they didn't. This is The Stripes at Electric Picnic in 2012. On RTE Oh <laughs> I know what this is I kind of wish we had a We had a guest on Like we had Becky or somebody To wallow in this With us as well Because this is brilliant We should repeat this Later on in another episode 2012 In RTE 2FM We were in the Roadcaster Which is where at Irish festivals And I'm sure festivals All over the world Radio stations Cram a radio station Into a big lorry Remember the Robin Williams film RV Basically that They put a radio station In one of those things They parked them at one end Of the artist village In the festival And the wheel bands in To one end They talk to a DJ They play a song And they get out That's what we did And we did a track Was it God Love You On It? It was a book by the cover by Bo Diddley, which was our calling card at that point. Yeah, it was a biggest hit. Number one on the fucking blues charts. Wished. Well, can't speak, can't lie. 2012, so this is before we were signed. We were just riding the cusp of the cum-splosion that was the Stripes rise, relative rise. It was a massive cum-splosion to relative yeah, fame. It was a meteoric rise to relative fame. So we're here in the roadcast. I'm looking at it now. Jonathan Ross and Evan are in front of the DJ. I am what looks like 18 feet behind us at the far end of the <laughs> fucking <laughs> lorry with a harmonica and they're doing you can't touch a book you're on guitar uh, uh, Josh is on guitar Ross is singing and I'm playing harmonica yeah. the track goes by without a hitch the harmonica was kind of our trademark on radio anytime we turned up it was like we're getting the harmonica because we need to, we can't be impressive with acoustics because we just we just weren't that good for some reason at the end of the track I think it's appropriate to do this bearing in mind I was 14 Ah, uh, no. <laughs> Maybe even older. 2012. 2012. Oh, 16. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fucking great. <laughs> <laughs> I basically go, fin- I finished the... <laughs> and I don't know why I did that, because that was RT2FM at the height of festival season. That was broadcast to many hundreds of thousands of people. <laughs> And it just wasn't the kind of thing you ever did. No, and I don't know. All I can sort of maybe try and rationalise it out is that I was just so overcome with the power of the blues. I was going to say, the spirit of the blues was inside of you. Burst out with it. It was like the blues brothers. You're like, Jesus H, tap dancing Christ. Christ. I have seen the light and it's in the form of the blues. But I don't even say it like, it's not like I'm looking dead at the camera going, Bo Diddley. I say it like, Bo Diddley. And I'm like putting the harmonica away, wiping it down. Genuinely to this day, I kind of figure out why I did that. A few weeks ago, it just came back to me in a blinding flash of a red hot. <laughs> <laughs> that your face caught fire one day and you're like what's that about oh no this thing yeah exactly but yeah, I remember I came in and then brought it up to you and we had a, mm. a good rollicking laugh at how silly that was uh, we had as Ryland Clark said to Nicole Scherzinger that they would have together when she became his mentor on the X Factor a right old laugh do you know what name I think defines shit British television go for it Mylene Class yeah I've been on a fuck Mylene Class thing for years <laughs> what's her bag what sort of bullshit does she pedal and for some reason as a child I really like, took against her because I found that she could like play a classical piano but was like a really kind of like basic fucking TV presenter I was like why does she do that that's really weird I like, know I, d- I always had a thing against her I don't know why but again she just to me just typifies the stupid TV presenter notion of England now some of you listening will think it was quite egotistical of me to bring up myself as a sonic second but that only further paints me in a negative light so yeah. therefore I think it's fine yeah, exactly that was yeah. Sonic Seconds like, what was the cooking into this picture the scene in old sedan leather rigs assault free you know the fucking deal that was Sonic Seconds Sonic Seconds and we're gonna kick into na- oh, I, I did so well so far what I didn't kick into <laughs> next segment now is Pete's patent pending Pete's patent pending 
this is yes, this is Pete's patent pending where I just pitch bad ideas for products. Uh, bit of a short one this week. Uh, I've only got two. <clears throat> I propose smashing together the two biggest films of the eighties and nineties to make one mega film. <laughs> Forrest Bueller. <laughs> <laughs> The reboot, sma- the reboot crossover. Yeah, the way they like reboot stuff all the time. They do like a reboot yeah. that combines two things. Ferris Gump's it. day of yeah. off-running <laughs> ping pong. Second one, smash one of the biggest films of the nineties uh-huh. and one of the biggest bands of the seventies together. Uh-huh. Space Ram Jam. <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah. That sounds good. Kangaroo Jack to the Future. <laughs> <laughs> Very good, very good. This is Pete's patent pending, though. <laughs> uh, and that was the end of Pete's patent pending. Pete's patent pending. Tiny moves in for the kill, boys. Calling back to Big Squeeze, tiny moves in for the kill. The fact that we got in, like, a name that's always used in films, get tiny. tiny. I would like to see a film go, like, get in, big, chalky, mega... Carl and Mega Carl. Here comes Mega Carl. <laughs> and a child comes in, get tiny, and then tiny comes in and is actually small, yeah. but is like a karate expert. Oh yeah, it's off in the way. I don't like to get tiny, and he comes in, and he's like, they're always. Do you notice as well in gangster films and in mafia films, the mm. intelligence of the character directly correlates to their height. If they're short, like Joe Pesci, they're fucking smart and lethal. If yeah. they're huge, they're an absolute idiot. Yeah. What's that about? You can be tall and smart, like me. <laughs> Five foot. Eight? Five nine. Five foot eight? Yeah, I'm five foot eight. Which is pretty tall if you're... Five foot four. <laughs> I think we'll kick into a word on the street. Kick into? No, I didn't. <laughs> Never miss a beat with the word on the street. Okay, this is word on the street. Why do I keep saying kick into? It's not even part of my vernacular. <laughs> I've never kicked into anything. <laughs> yeah, no, you've never said it apart from in this podcast and... Only in the podcast. Why do I insist on being urban and street and cool in a 90s way? You could say we're going to bitch on into... <laughs> we're going to fucking play with some fucking pogs and we're going to kick into dissecting Alf. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is word on the street. Normally it's re- reserved for us like, interviewing people on the street either about the podcast or about the band. Mm. That was the plan for the segment. As of yet, we've done very little of that except for after our first gig. But we got some audio from the Cro-Magnon delivery. Yeah. And we're going to play that. Okay. So this is some audio from the delivery day we did with Cro-Magnon with the sandwich board. Some of the people that we spoke to about it. No one. We spoke to no one. <laughs> no one came near us. That is what the day sounded like though. Yeah, it was a rainy day. Um, that was Word on the Street. Oh, it's Cousteau Corner, actually, wants to bring that up. Ross, you it, it, it was your segment, so you might as well introduce Yeah, it. fine. This is Ross Farley's Acoustic Corner. I think we're just going to call it Acoustic Corner. And it's not even acoustic. <laughs> we don't even play in a corner. It's only a matter of time, Ross, before you're phased out of this segment of the podcast entirely. <laughs> yeah. This next segment is song. <laughs> yeah, it is going to be Pete and Ev's fucking... You sing them. Electric fucking boogaloo. <laughs> boogaloo. <laughs> <laughs> this is Jam Session with the lads. <laughs> with a voice so soft, it'll put you to sleep. And a face that makes you want to beat your knees. It's Ross Farley. The 
this is Ross Farley's Acoustic Corner, where, again, we just play a track live with Ross Farley. Today we're doing Bigger Stones by the Feet Barmers. Uh, a lot of people are going to know the band, so that isn't funny. They're called the Beat Farmers. Now you get it. The first three tracks on their album, Tales from the New West. That's it. If they were from Ireland and were into bogs, they could be called the Peat Farmers. <laughs> or were they to breed different versions of me and shave them for wool and sell them for meat, yeah. they'd be the Peat Farmers as yeah. well. Oh, but if it's the first kind of Peat Farmer, then the album would be called Tales of the New West. Uh, but the first three tracks in this album are Bigger Stones, we're going to play now. Yeah. There She Goes Again. Velvet Underground cover. And I was going to get to that. Sorry. And then Reason to Believe. Don't fucking send with Reason to Believe. Okay. Amazing trio of songs to open an album with. It does taper off after that. A little bit, yeah. Track yeah. four is bad <laughs> <laughs> but I listened to the whole album actually recently and there's quite a few tracks near the end that I really enjoy yeah like Lo- Lonesome Hound Lonesome Hound's brilliant Big Rock Candy Mountain so Big Bigger Stones is their own track There She Goes Again is a Velvet Underground cover thank you Evan and then Reason to Believe is a Springsteen cover mm. from the Nebraska album now these are done so convincingly in their own style in this album it was a genuine shock to us to figure out that they were covers we were blown through a, a hedge <laughs> Bit disappointing as well for it is that like the two of the best three songs in this album were not done by the band. Yeah. Doesn't mean they don't make them their own though. Yeah. And we were convinced. We were we were really convinced that that was them. Because even the reason to believe the Springsteen, the original, is like Bruce is like mumbling into a bag of chips. And this is us playing Bigger Stones. Again, staccato speech. This is us playing Bigger Stones. us playing bigger stones take us away Ross lead us out take us out of the room kill us please come on lads let's leave that was Ross Farley's Acoustic Corner great Ross Farley's Acoustic Corner
And now it's time to close the show on Never Mind the... Try and harmonise with me. Fuzzbox. Right, yes, this is Nevermind the Fuzz Box. We have wired a mic through a fuzz pedal. We're going to put headphones on the other two people and they have to try and guess what we're singing. I'm going to go first. Jesus. What the I fuck? I think I've been absolutely, totally, and utterly stumped. Not a clue. Is it like a, a TV theme tune? Is, is it? it some sort of Girls Aloud song? Nope. No? No, it's actually, no, it's an actual good <laughs> some one. Some sort of Girls Aloud song. Not a clue, Pete. Stumped. Let's be friends by the Toms. Ah! Yeah, I can see how that would be the thing now. Yeah. How about we pick songs that everyone knows? Is that not the whole point? Yeah, we played this in the car like a few days ago. Was I in the car? We played it recently when we were in the car and we showed it to you and we're like, this is the Tom's. You really put it on in the car with us when we were in the car together. Ick fucking excuse me? No, I didn't. You did. You did. I don't know what you don't know. Right, who's up next? <laughs> I've more shit. <laughs> right, stop, 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 stop. Uh, Jesus Christ. Oh, 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 yes. Me and Howard Hughes by the Boomtown I, I fucking prats. I was too prats. busy going, like you went straight in. You came in hot. Did you I? did. Right, you ready, Russ? Oh, fucking hell. Oh, that would be... See the people all in line. What's making them look at me? Um, fucking, I can hear the grass grow by the move. Uh, also nicked by uh, Squeeze, that riff for the B-side, Saints Alive, which informed Big Squeeze musically. So it's all come full circle. That was never mind the fuzz box. Yes, that was never mind the fuzz box. And it's also the final segment of today's episode. Cry more. <laughs> yeah, not to round out with this really. Um, There's been a lot going on as 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 we've informed everybody. I feel like if you're at pains to remind people how busy you're being, you're probably not being that busy. We're so busy though. We're <laughs> absolutely so busy. There's so much happening. It's all so exciting. Nobody's end to worry about. Everything. <laughs> everything's basically normal. I mean, it's actually abnormal how busy we are. We were never this busy, even when we were in the stripes. Like, our lives are way more relevant and exciting. than And better. Better in most ways. Happier. Yeah, and we're, and we're happier and, and better off I'm financially. Happier. Yep. There's money coming in, so there's nothing to worry about there. <laughs> yeah, just, um, just stop fucking bugging me. <laughs> just quit getting on to me about shit. I've been me. I've been me. And they've been them. Oh, this is below us from Higher Fidelity, reminding you to be rooting. Be tooting. I'll just be shooting. But most importantly, be, be kind. kind.